Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 12 of Big League Flicks, a sports movie podcast. I'm Jamie McKinnon, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Christian Webster and Jordan Reed. What's up, boys? Hey, boys. How are you? Glad to be back. Another week. First, uh, let's say, fringe sports movie. That might have been one of the better intro songs we've had so far. Little Joe Esposito to kick things off. Great to be here, everybody. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Little Joe Esposito, not to be uh, confused with Phil, the <laughs> no. Thrill Esposito, or Tony, or Tony, or, Tony. <laughs> or Jennifer. No, he's, he's a distant cousin, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. This week we're taking on uh, the Karate Kid. Come on, this is it. This is the end of the line. You're telling me. You know, I really think we're going to do good here. I have a very positive feeling. I'm telling you, Daniel. This place is a dump. You should go back to New Jersey. Oh, my God. How did that happen? The truth. No, you don't want to hear the truth. All you want to hear is how great it is out here. Well, it may be great for you, but it sucks for me. Are you okay? Oh, just leave me alone. I hate this place. I hate it. I just want to go home. Karate. Yeah. You have to push it. Now you gotta pay. Hey, you ever taught anyone? No. Who would you? I promise teach karate. You promise run. I say you do. No, oh, I don't see you been looking? Sorta. Sorta. Wax on, wax off. Don't forget to read. Very important. Ah, uh, uh, wax on, wax, wax off. Ah! Come back tomorrow. If you don't come in my dojo and drop a challenge and leave, old man, then you get your boy in the matter. You and I will have a major problem. Name of place. Is that understood? Yes, that's it! Yeah, you hate the fighting. So karate's fighting, you train to fight. That's what you think. No. Then why train? So I won't have to fight. <laughs> I don't have much of a cheering section. You got me? I mean, every time I see those guys, they're gonna know they got the best of me. To win, lose, no matter. You prove a point. Points or no points, you're dead meat. Hey, what kind of belt do you have? <laughs> JC Penny 398. Okay, that that said on online that that was the official trailer. That's bullshit. That's not a 1984 official I was trailer. Say, it was like a remix by Puffy in there. there there's there's got to be a remix in there. Sean, Sean Puff Diddy Combs and uh-huh, Dr. Dre yeah, got together yeah. on that one. I felt like I was watching like a double feature combined with like uh, the Karate Kid and Crimson Tide or something like that. Oh. I got a hunt for Red October. That was a heavy one. It's time for our brew review. What are we drinking, Webb? Well, boys, since we're reviewing a legendary movie with some legendary characters, we needed a beer that was legendary in its own right. We needed an original, premium beer that would help us channel our inner crane technique. 
That's why we're drinking the oldest brand of beer to come out of Japan, Sapporo Premium Beer. At 4.9%, this premium lager only uses the highest quality ingredients, giving it its signature crisp, refreshing flavor, and clean finish. Whatever your taste, they've got a beer for you. Sapporo, be legendary. For more information, check them out at SapporoBeer.com, visit them on Facebook, or give them a follow on Instagram at SapporoBeerUSA. As always, Big Leaf Flicks reminds you to enjoy responsibly. Kampai, boys! Cheers! Cheers! Banzai! <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it's good every time. I love Sapporo. So do I. This may be the first time I've had this without sushi in front of me. Just puts you always yeah. in a good place. I've always enjoyed this beer. Yeah. Sapporo beer just puts you in a good spot. Sure does. Never lets you down. You get it on draft. It's always good. You get it in those cans. It's always good. And they even have those mega size cans. The mega cans are pretty cool because they look like a tumbler. Yeah, they're fantastic. Yeah, I like them. And they're like kind of they got a hexagonal. Glass. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. dented or whatever. All right, JR, what do you get? I'm not going first. You know you know the rules. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sporo never lets me down. It's just a great tasting beer, and you can tell it's a more premium beer because compared to different ones, uh, I'm gonna go up in the range of seven point eight on this one. Good wow. score. I really good like Sporo. Good score. I do too. I like it. Good score. We are uh, on the same wavelength today. I'm going seven eight as well. Uh, quality, quality beer. Very refreshing. I think you can drink it pretty much any time, and won't get the best of you the next day. So seven eight for me as well, Jammer. It's got a lot of flavor. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's got a lot of flavor, and as you get older, you like flavor, it's right? It's the highest quality ingredients. It is. It does. I'm not going to go quite as high. I'm going to go 7.5. That's a good one. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. It's I thought good. you were going to go in good one of your score. 4.1s or something like that. No. Nope. Oh, God, from. no. I do Riverhead. like Sapporo. Sapporo's, like, Sapporo's up there for me. It's yeah, a good absolutely. beer for me. I absolutely love it. It's delicious. Like you said, Webb, I find the next day it doesn't get you. Well, as we mentioned, we're doing The Karate Kid was directed by John G. Avildsen, distributed in 1984 by Columbia Pictures, got a 7.2 rating on Internet Movie Database, and an 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. Had a budget of, get this, $8 million. That's really low. That's tiny. Grossed $100 million at the box office. How are you doing? I believe it. 100%. Yep. Music by my boy Bill Conti from uh, Rocky fame. Mm-hmm. Starring Ralph Macchio, Pat Morita, Elizabeth Shue and William Zabka. Zabka, if you're going to go by the uh, Eastern Europe pronunciation. Movie synopsis, Daniel LaRusso and his mom move from New Jersey to California for a shot at a new life. Daniel quickly finds out that it's not always easy finding your stride in a new town. Daniel encounters trouble with his high school peers when a young girl turns his head. A group of rich kids with a passion for kicking ass, make Daniel their punching bag until a mystical maintenance man becomes a a guiding influence on Daniel's development, not only as a karate student, but as a man. Will Daniel be able to face up to the challenge placed before him? Will he get the triple crown of the 1980s teenage experience by getting the trophy, the girl, and infinite inner peace and wisdom? I don't know. Well, let's jump into our character review. Let's start out with our boy, Daniel LaRusso, played by Ralph Macchio. Daniel LaRusso. Overall, I liked him. I'm going to go when I do this. I have watched the Cobra Kai series on Netflix. I'm going to tell the listeners Full that disclosure. ahead of time. But I'm going at it from a point of before without seeing that. So it doesn't influence anything on me. Uh, Daniel Russo is one of those kids. He's just trying the best he can. He's doing what he has to do. He's obviously socioeconomic. He's low. You know, the male role model thing doesn't seem to be there for him at that point, at that age. His self-esteem, I mean, he has some charm. Um, he seems like, you know, he's a bit of a hothead. He's a loudmouth. He's, he fits the, you know, that New Jersey look, so to speak, or that New Jersey attitude that he brings out west. 
I like him, but I don't love him. They're in the show. There's times when he kind of just, I don't know. It seems like he just kind of bothers me. He's a bit of a poor me kind of guy sometimes. And I find that his character, as it goes on, it grows on me a little bit. Some things I find unrealistic about him. Maybe we'll talk about that later. He walks really weird. He doesn't bend his knees when he walks. I don't know if you noticed this or not. Did you ever see him try to walk? That's amazing. He doesn't bend his knees. When he fits out of the car, when he does anything, he has the weirdest walk for a 52-pound person. He's a crane. He's a, he's a crane. Let her rip, like, bud. What is wrong with him? But he seems to have charm. His soccer skills are good. Does he? He can. I don't know. He can do the knee thing. Um, he might be good with a hacky sack. For Daniel Russo, I found I got to like him a little more as it went on, but I don't love him. I never did. He's your typical new kid trying to fit in somewhere, right? And so he's trying to be overly enthusiastic, and he's trying to be funny, and he's trying to be the big big dog on the yard, so to speak. Like, he's just trying too hard. And that's typically what new kids trying to fit in end up trying to do, right? That's a good point. Yeah. I have a lot of the same kind of qualities in him that you you kind of made note of already. Uh, I think at the, the bottom of everything, he's got a good heart, but he's a whiner, pouty. He's prideful. He's jealous. He's like he has a lot of terrible qualities that are that shine through in this movie. He's not overly bright, to be quite honest with you. Like you know, you nope. keep getting your head kicked in by these same group of kids. Maybe stay away from him. His choices are bad. Yeah, he's not that bright. <clears throat> he, yeah, it really is. Some of the choices he makes just don't make sense. I also don't like the way he acts towards his mom at some points. You know, like when she picks him up and drives him to his date there the first time. Like, he's kind of a dink to her. I don't know. But I mean, really he's like a teenage either. boy, too, getting yeah. driven by his mom. I'll give yeah. him a bit of that yeah. one. Yeah. You know, maybe. She, there is, there's definitely some adolescence there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. His mom's doing everything she can for him. Like, they, they have yes. to push start and car. Yeah. For, you it's know true. I, mean? I love like, that. Yeah. Has, it, has anybody done that? Pop I used to do that. To oh, do yeah. That. Well, it's I've done it before. It's happened before. I had a buddy in college, and uh, I used to have to jump his car every time he started it. <laughs> so we'd try not to, like, if he, if we were going from one place to another, or whatever, we just leave it running. Yeah. Like, if even if it's going to be half an hour, we just leave the running in the parking lot. And like, if somebody steals it, well, whatever. Like, James, <laughs> you know, good James, luck getting anywhere. It was like a. I don't know, 88 Taurus or something. Jamer, I do remember uh, you used to own a Chrysler Concord. We used to jump once in a while, kick it <laughs> oh around. Oh, my God. When I, was in, when I was in university, so I went to a private university in the States. All the kids were, most of the kids were rich. And I was the poorest kid by far. And I, I drove a 93 Chrysler Concord. And when I was down there, I had a loose, I didn't know this at the time, but I had a loose fan belt. And I had no idea about cars. So I remember like... Uh, it, every time I started the car, Just it would squeal like a mother <laughs> for like literally like um, probably a minute and a half. And that, we lived on a small campus. You've been there, JR. You can hear the thing across yeah. town. You can hear it anywhere. Like, and the boys would say, literally, we could hear your car starting. Like I was, <laughs> and we would drive on our campus because we were lazy. But uh, he's like, I could hear your car, car starting. So I knew you. Were, they're like, oh, there's Jamer. He's going somewhere. And I remember one. I remember one time I had a date with this girl, and I picked her up at her dorm room. And I wheeled up in my car, and I was trying to be a, a big shot. And because I started it like a block away, it was still squealing by the time I got to her dorm. And <laughs> I, all I remember is it was uh, all the lights went on in the dorm, like, and people came to the window. And I got into the car like I was like the Fonz, and like <laughs> op- opened her door like I was being a gentleman. I remember she like put her head down and like ran into the car and was just like just go just go like, <laughs> just so nervous. Like, hey how you doing what's going on like, anyway sidetrack funny yeah. story though i got i know what it's like to be in a car like that i think you guys touched on it 
He's the kind of kid. He's kind of whiny. Yeah. He's annoying. I have him as an agitator. 100%. He's an agitator. I feel like he, time. he brings a lot of his shit on. Like, the other guys are pricks, too, but he brings a lot of shit. He instigates a bunch of shit. He totally does. You know what I mean? I think the guys that were on the beach with him initially kind of recognize that, because you can tell where they're like, all right, fuck. We yeah, gave this yeah. guy. We're trying to take this guy under our wing, and he's just agitating. He's a liar. He's a liar. Yeah. I mean, at the dance when he did that with Johnny, when he joined him, like you don't need to do this. No, the soccer player when he gets a slide tackle, and he gets up and decks the guy. Like that's yeah, his initial he's reaction. Soccer Johnny, there. Yeah. I thought you know, and uh, you know, John, Johnny could have done a lot worse. You know what I mean? Like Johnny could have put at that the guy beach, in the hospital. He could have ended him. Johnny knows his shit. He's a black belt. The soccer was like one of the other Cobra Kai guys. Yeah. That was like yeah. one of the followers oh, yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. Guys. Like, not the, that Dutch field. guy or some other Cobra this, Kai guy. Like, this yeah. is where I was trying, when I was watching this again, I was trying to make sense of this. Is Dutch the really bleach blonde haired yeah, guy? That's yeah, okay. That's, I thought you know so. who he is? Get him a this body. This is cool bag. as shit. You know who he is? No. He's Steve McQueen's kid. Come on. Ooh. That kid's got some. Really? That's why he's rocking those stories you could tell. Sick curls and stuff oh, he looks yeah. like he looks like one of those guys those those actor guys that probably got lost in the 80s <laughs> he was a horrific actor like his He's horrible he, any lines he had in there were like overacted to the to the gills and he just has to have crazy eyes the whole time oh, yeah. flexing and jumping yeah oh you know, you know who you remind me of tommy morrison yeah didn't oh, he look like tommy a morrison bit. A yeah bit. a little bit Good one the mullet isn't as fully extended yeah, yeah nice one point. on that jammer he, yeah. he looked like he'd done the gas a little bit yeah. like he was a little bit like veined out Mm-hmm. Chipper Jones says in his book, yoked. Yeah, I love that yoked. term. Yoked, pretty yoked. Call it a day. Yep. So I, I don't know. I just had Daniel as apparently in the writing he was supposed to be uh, a wimpy kid with a chip on his shoulder. So uh, well, maybe that's what he, got it then, he definitely has a chip on his shoulder. I got to give him that. Yeah. I don't know, but that's that's not that sympathetic. But anyway, uh, let's move on to Mr. Miyagi, played by Pat Morita. Probably the only character in this movie that has any actual depth to me. I had wise, caring, has some great lines. Uh, I know JR is going to get into those in a little bit. So uh, the only other note I had is he may be a, a part gypsy with his magic touch. You know, give the old hands a little warm there, and then all of a sudden, boom, you're cured. No, sh- no shoulder. Yeah, no, so- no sore shoulder. Or that weird stuff that yeah. he was dipping in the... Yeah, the a little bonsai. Yeah. You're getting a little bonsai juice on there. Bonsai. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but you I mean like, yeah, a little bit more depth than any of the other characters for sure. Um, and yeah, just hilarious lines throughout. I like the, uh, to make honey, young bee need young flower, not old prune. Love that, that one. So true. Love that one. Love that one. He's got the best lines. In the yeah, movie. for sure. Um, I had him, I gotta be honest, I had him as iconic. He is this movie. Yeah. He's it. He's it. I had him for calming. Like you talked about Webb, he had depth to him. He's calming. You know what I had him as? I had him as an extra grandfather to us all in the 80s. 100% accurate. I had, you know, my sister really liked this movie. I liked him as in the, in the you know, pretty young kid in the 80s, but he was just that calming influence that you taught, taught you things and kind of taught you how to carry yourself. And when with Daniel, he's trying to basically in his way – He's trying to teach Jan- Daniel how to basically interact and behave. With the karate, like he's trying to teach him how to like, okay, this is a tool, but it's not there to, for you to just smash people's faces in. Yeah. Or I'm trying to work you out and exercise and f- make you physical. I'm trying to get some of that energy and that rage out of you as a kid. I'm trying to show you how to treat girls, how to handle girls, how to be with females. Like He's trying he's, to show them things. He's trying to do the job of a dad. 
Or Essentially, grand, that's grand, what yeah, he's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For so sure. I thought, yeah, he really grounded all of us in his own way, Jamer. The one, the one thing I love about him is that he always keeps talking about balance. Like, there's a lot of realism and depth to that, and I, and that, that's what I love about it because this movie. And we've talked about Daniel being a train wreck when he comes, right? Kind of mm. like he's kind of all over the map. I know he's dealing with adversity, but he needs to find some balance. And maybe that's the brilliance of the writing in some of it. Maybe he's supposed to be kind of a kid that you're like, you know, I don't really feel like I like this kid that much. And I feel like you like him a little bit more as the movie goes on. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think obviously Miyagi does that. Like he 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 introduces that part of into it, and maybe that's what the karate is about. It's fight. He always tells him it's not about fighting these bullies you need to fit, find your balance that's what the key i think yeah. that's his biggest takeaway it's what the biggest takeaway is supposed to be for daniel I you find your balance in life you make a good point about the balance i think maybe in a way the movie's a little bit ahead of its time because people now talk about balance a lot yeah you yeah. never heard that in the 80s and 90s i no. did not hear having balance that much but now in modern times you do yeah. hear it a fair amount that's a really good point i think yeah. we also just heard the word balance about 200 times in the last two yeah. minutes you know what else he has a heck of a backyard. Oh my oh, god! Yeah. Okay, what so here's what I'm well, he's also got child labor. He does. He does have child. <laughs> here's labor. what I'm wondering about Miyagi. Cares. Does he own the complex that they all live in, or is he just the maintenance man? How are you setting up that? Suite? Yeah. Like I know pro- the real estate that he has isn't like the most prime real estate across the, over the train tracks and like near this weird junkyard. Like, does he own the actual complex that all these people are living in? Because that. If there are oil derricks beside him, he might be on a gold mine there. He could he might be. be. Once you get away from the ocean, too, the price comes down. Things yeah. Like that. I mean, Reci- still be Reseda or whatever it is. Yeah, Reseda is not. No, but the still. Greatest it's area. still probably a million he's getting all these cars. He's also getting all these cars from Detroit. That's true. That was funny. <laughs> His cars are fantastic. They're pretty wicked. Um, let's move on to Johnny Lawrence, played by William Zabka. In a way, kind of cool, but also in a way, obviously, super low self-esteem. Uh, one of those guys who I feel like he's just the perfect, and I'll mention it later for uh, John Kreese, he's just the perfect little protege that you can program to do whatever you want. You know by that? Like, he can kind of tell him he's like his little, he's his little puppet he's at that time. He's totally brainwashed, yeah, and he's his thing. puppet. You know, he he's a good-looking kid. He's got a great leather jacket. Oh, my God. Oh, and a car. Car. Motor dirt bike. Dirt bike. He's got all the things that Daniel ha- does. I don't, on the surface, Daniel doesn't have, but he also seems not to have a support, a true support system or love like Daniel has. If that makes sense, do you know what I mean? But oh, like Daniel's 100%. mom loves him. Mr. Miyagi loves him. We don't ever see his parents. Allie takes care of him. You never see Johnny's parents. You know nothing or about his home. Him. You know he's that rich, that rich country club. He is at the country club. Yep. With I'm assuming are his folks. I'm, I'm assuming his dad's probably this like loaded guy that has no time for family, and his yes. mom might be this Buy drunk love. that's trying to deal with it. And right? these like, are yeah. country club, you know, the hills like called or whatever. Yeah. These are rich people, and that country club that Daniel's in, he just doesn't belong, obviously. Nor does that red jacket he's wearing. That's another story. Um, the one Daniel's on is horrible. But you know those white pants. It's a fashion anyway, faux pas. From that's fashion. I don't like chair. it. Oh, yeah. You don't like the red leather jacket? No, I like Johnny's leather jacket. Oh, okay. The, okay. the, the jacket Daniel that Daniel had on in the restaurant when he got oh, the spaghetti all over him. No, come on. We're gonna talk a little bit more about Daniel's wardrobe later. Later oh, on. Oh God, yeah. I'm just gonna say there's some questionable wardrobe choices. Absolutely. Anyways, so uh, Johnny, I th- also had another thing like a knock on him. He has the wimpiest voice ever. His voice is so weird. Get over here. Like the way he talks. I'm like, okay, pal. Yeah. Okay, tough guy. He's a blonde surfer he guy. He also has, I think his fighting technique sucks. 
the way he throws punches, he doesn't follow through whatsoever. He just reaches body and pulls back. If you ever watch him take a body yeah. shot or like his roundhouse kick, you're like, okay, well, you're doing that roundhouse kick. I'm going to hit you nine times in the face. I think so you kind of <laughs> have to think of it like that. I'm he sorry, wasn't that. He didn't have any actual karate training when he. No, came I think in, he's so. athletic. Yeah. But some of his movements, I don't know. I, I think he that. picked it up quick. But I, I did read something about where he came when he came on into this role. He had never done any karate. No, and I don't question if he ever had in a fight because <laughs> the way he punches, I'm like, sorry, Johnny. Yeah, but I anyway. wonder if that's part of it, so they don't hit each other. You know what I mean? Like, well, I in the know, tournament, you're not kids. supposed to like follow through and punch somebody. Yeah. You're supposed to just make contact, and that's right. it. And I wonder maybe that's how we. Well, not in Cobra it, Kai. It, it could no also mercy. be that Johnny Johnny has a soft spot deep down. He doesn't really want to. He doesn't no, really want to. No, the other guy people. did when they were beating him up. Johnny had showed a little soft spot too at the at the end when he like went over and like hugged Daniel and was oh, like, yeah. "Great job!" And then the movie point. ended like right away. Yeah. Well, that's a classic. <laughs> that's a classic 1980s finish. Yeah, yeah. There has to be something in the 80s. Anyway, show. I've rambled on. Web. No, yeah, I'm sorry. I, all I was gonna say was Johnny seems to have some pent up aggression and. I don't understand it, given that he likes to dance with Mary Jane. So, like, ah! chill, chill out, chill out, dude. Your life's pretty good. Like, just hang out, relax. Like, I don't get it. Yeah, I didn't have a whole heck of a lot to add to him. I just thought, you know, he's more athletic than Danny. Um, there's that great YouTube video that we're going to talk a little bit about later. But uh, he's, he's. I don't have much to add. Great leather jacket, killer headband. I don't mm-hmm. know, James. I felt bad for Johnny. I think he had potential. You know, he's a high school kid that makes stupid decisions. He's got this girl that, you know, they've had some sort of falling out. We don't really know the backstory or what that falling out was. No. Um, he could have pumped Daniel on the beach, and he and he took it easy on him. He could have ended that. And then that, he seemed to leave it there. Like, that was kind of it for him. His cronies kind of, you know, bristled around uh, Daniel a bit, but he kind of left it there, and then... Uh, Daniel incited everything again at the dance. And I think that's where it really blew yeah. up. He also, at the beach, you know, like you said, could have ended it when he knocked Daniel down the first time. That should have been it, but Daniel True. clocked him in the face. Or, yeah, he gave him a shot in the mouth. Yeah. Mm. Daniel came up and bull rushed him. Mm-hmm. It was a life lesson. It was yeah. part of Miyagi's <laughs> master plan. He was uh, clapping the hands and rubbing the hands uh, in the go. background somewhere. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to Allie. I don't know what her last name is, but it's played by uh, Elizabeth Shue. I had flirty, typical California girl, uh, and way, way too hot for Daniel. Elizabeth Shute, like, I don't know if you guys watched uh, the last couple seasons of CSI Vegas, but she was in CSI Vegas. Oh, really? And, and she looked like she hadn't aged, like, at all. And I, this is, like, in the 2010s. And, like, she looks just as good then, or now as she does then. Like, nice. I just, I can't believe how well she's aged so again a little bit uh, i had you know she's trusting um she's forgiving um i don't really get she doesn't seem overly bright to me she keeps picking these dumb idiots to, to kind of latch on to typical high school girl i guess but yeah i i don't know jr what do you got uh web i had some of the same things i made i was watching baseball earlier she's batting in the ninth spot when she should be hitting cleanup <laughs> <laughs> like come on absolutely way too good looking um she tried so hard too and daniel's just like whatever whatever i'm like daniel buddy wakey wakey okay that was one of those things i had totally um i thought she was super like just a nice person who could do way better than johnny or daniel for that matter okay yeah and her parents 
When oh, they were the best. They were the most country club kind of people. That Sheila jacket her mom had on was back in style. The dad wearing the towel around the neck, tucked in like that, like that is just pure money. <laughs> oh yeah, it. I love it. That's money Mayweather right there. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> big time, big time, Jamer. Um, there wasn't a lot of depth to her. This isn't her best acting role. No, uh, I'm a big uh, Elizabeth Shue fan. Like uh, love cocktail. It's one of my faves. Adventures she, of Babysitting. A, I was going to say, she's Adventures of Babysitting, too, right? I watched Adventures of Babysitting in the theater. Loved her in that movie. Like, had a huge crush on her when I was Got a kid. Got first boner watching her in Probably. that movie. That movie <laughs> it's a great movie, period, though. Yeah. Loved it. It is. Loved that movie. She was awesome in it. She's a great... She's awesome. She's cool. Not her best role. Not a lot of depth to her character. You guys kind of nailed all those pieces there. One thing I will say, did you notice how... She had some pretty good skills as a soccer player in the scene. Very good. Yeah, yeah, not bad. Uh, there is a backstory to that. Um, she actually, when she was a youth, she was like on a lot of like USA under 15, under 16 type teams or whatever. I don't know if she, she went to Harvard, but I don't know if she played soccer at Harvard. She might oh, have. Good for her. But uh, she might have been heavier into acting at that time. I know she had to take a break from her studies at Harvard to do this movie. Um, but hmm. very, very talented soccer player. Nice. All right, boys, let's move on to Lieutenant Corporal John Kreese. John Kreese is the perfect villain. As important as Miyagi is, John Kreese is also just as important because he gives you a complete antagonist that you despise. There's nothing to like about this man. Even as a little kid, I despise that human being. And he does an excellent job of being an antagonist. The whole show. He never lets up. There's never a moment. There's never nothing. Whether it's in the dojo, at the tournament, whatever, wherever this guy is, he's such a jerk. And he does such a good job of it, Webb. Yeah, I, we're on the same wavelength. I think he's probably like just on 100% asshole mode all the time. And I had my one note as maybe the best sports villain of all time. I, I, I was trying to think like, who who do you take in a death match, him or Bud Kilmer? Ooh, that's a good one. Him John Kreese. John Kreese will fight so dirty. He would do anything. He was in Rambo too, wasn't he? My so. One of the, one of the Rambos. Or, or, Cove? Or, or, What's his name? I was saying Cole. Sorry, I should have mentioned Somebody it earlier. His Cole. name's Martin Cole. That's it, Martin yeah. Cole. Martin Cole. Yeah. Uh, he goes eyes on him. I, I take him over uh, Bud. I'm going to go with uh, John Kreese on that one because he can fight dirty. He's a weapons. He knows this thing way around weapons. He's in the military. I'm going with him. Oh, for sure. But in terms of being a bigger prick, there, I don't know if anybody's a bigger prick than Bud Kilmer. What Bud about Kilmer. Ogie Oglethorpe? Oh. oh, Oglethorpe wins. That's a different weight what class. About, what about Ross the Boss? What the notoriety? <laughs> Ross the Boss, right? Uh, I think Oglethorpe. His deportation from Canada and that country's uh, <laughs> unwillingness to accept him. <laughs> I think Oglethorpe on. Uh, I think he wins in a one punch. Uh, I know John Kreese knows all his stuff, but an Ogie Oglethorpe uh, punch, that's good night. I, I kind of want to do a quick segue. Remember how we did uh, a couple weeks ago? We did uh, who are the three people, sports-related people, you, you'd want to have, like, go out for dinner and have beers with? Yeah. Let's go the opposite. Let's see who are the three sports people who you would never have at your table. Or you'd want to be, like, wouldn't want to be stuck in an elevator with or something? Sure, yeah. Let's okay. say that. All right. I'll go first. All right. I'm going to go with, and this is not a surprise to anybody, I'm going to go with Baltimore Ravens legend. Ray Lewis. <laughs> of course uh, you are. Absolutely hate Ray Lewis. Hated the farewell tour for Ray Lewis. He killed a guy. Okay? He killed a guy. He is not a nice human being. Allegedly. This whole I found Jesus thing again, I'm not buying it. 
He went to the U. That's his only saving grace. The guy's a lo- <laughs> the guy is a Catholic loser. Convicts. The guy is a jackass. He's so full of himself. I just I hate him. Ray Lewis is that's my number. He's my Ray first Lewis. overall pick. I hate his guts. We're go going first overall pick. Number first one o- pick. Number first. one with a bullet. All right. Okay, we're gonna go first. Yeah, go. For Absolute it. number. You got ones. it. You're up next year. All right, here we go. My first number one is a guy named Walt Coleman. Who's Walt Coleman, you ask right now? Jeez, I well, know. let's flash back to January 19th, 2002 on a snowy Saturday night in the NFL playoffs. <laughs> the New England Patriots are playing my Oakland Raiders. Charles Woodson uh, runs a corner John, Charles Woodson runs a corner, blitz, corner blitz. He sacks his former college teammate, Tom Brady. Recovers the ball by Craig Beaker. The Raiders are winning that playoff game on the road in a <laughs> snowstorm. I thought this might have been a kid from Summerside. Uh, <laughs> Summerside's on another level, kids. That's a whole other podcast, Summerside, Prince Edward Island. I don't like you. So Walt Coleman calls the tuck rule. And our beloved Tom Brady gets the ball back. Adam Vinatieri kicks a field goal, and they let him clean off the snow. I have nothing against that. You do what you got to do, Vinatieri and Brady. I respect you guys. It's Walt Coleman, who's the guy I couldn't beat near him in a million years because the Raiders win the Super Bowl that year. Is that Brady's first one? Yes. That is. Yes, it is. And the Raiders were rolling with Gannon then. Jamer, go. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm going to start off with just a guy that I, I despise, Aubrey Huff. Cannot stand Ooh, him. Nice pick. He, he's such Good a prick. Clown. He's just a bad. He, he's not just like a. Uh, he's not just a racist, uh, xenophobic. He's also a misogynistic prick. Like he believes women are there for men's. Like he's just an absolute. He's such a dick. Scumbag. He is yeah, not a complete good scumbag. Yeah, complete scumbag. scumbag. He's such a dick that you almost think it's like a joke of some sort. Like he's doing mm-hmm. it on purpose. Like he was part of that 2010 uh, Giants World Series win. He's such a prick that his teammates, he's the only guy in the team that doesn't get invited back for the reunions. Wow. Like, that's bad. That's really bad. You know what I mean? Like, everybody plays with guys that they're not that big fans of or whatever, but you're still like, hey, we went to battle together. You're my boy. Yeah. This guy, they can't even be in a room with him. Like, that's how bad. Nobody on his team can be in a room with him. He's such a prick. Yeah. Anyway, he's my first. What are we doing? Are we snaking this guy? Yeah, we'll snake it. All right. Next guy I got. So I'm going again. I got Dana White. Oh, good one. Dana White. I, I hate Dana White. He's an absolute prick. Those poor guys in the MMA, they should get a union because like this guy takes advantage of everybody. He's just such a loser. I was hoping that him and uh, uh, Delahoya would actually have that fight because Delahoya would clean his oh, claw. Yeah, that wouldn't last very long. I, was, I would pay big money to watch that fight. Anyway, that's what big I got, Dana pick. White. Uh, my number two pick... I'm going to go with Jamarcus Russell, the number one pick overall by the Oakland Raiders again. This guy, athletic as all get out, strong, can throw the ball, should be able to do everything, literally did no work whatsoever to make himself better. He watched no film. He wouldn't practice. He didn't lift. He didn't do anything to make himself better. And what happened? He got destroyed and crushed and lost out on probably $150 million. Did he get money? He did. But could he have made more? Yes. Could he have been a legend? Yes. Was he walking into the potential to be a good team? Yes. So I don't want to be near that human being. Wherever you are, you're huge. I know that. But I don't want you near me. Good pick, JR. Great pick. Yeah. I'm going to go. 
I'm going to stay in the football football wavelength here. I, I'm torn between the next two, so I'm just going to go with old reliable. I'm going number two for me, uh, Pete Carroll from the Seahawks. <laughs> uh, Shocking. What a coach. I, oh, my God. He loves this guy. He, I've loathed this guy warrior. since he was at SC. He's a cheater. You didn't like him as a jet either. I, he's a loser of a human being. I can't stand his fake rah-rah on the sidelines. I hate that he's like, I just can't stand anything about him. I have, I, I, I'm just lost for words. I just hate the guy. Just hate him with a what passion. What about when he has a catch before the game? Oh yeah. He's just old, reliable, just, just a pure loser. He's too happy. It's too fake. <laughs> Is it my turn? Oh, no, wait. I no, get to go again. No, you get to go again. You get, to, you get another one. Ooh, uh, okay, last pick, top third. I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going to go Sidney Crosby, uh, and I'm only going to go Sidney Crosby <laughs> because he's a hell of a hockey player. He's a great talent. He bugs me the same reason that LeBron bugs me. He whines too much to the officials. Uh, and so I, I loathe him as, as a, a player for that. The only time I'll cheer for him is when he's got a maple leaf. <laughs> what when he scores the game-winning goal in the gold medal game? Yeah, that's the only time I'll root for him. Uh, so hot take right there. Hate Sidney Crosby, uh, except when he plays for Team Canada. Because <laughs> he's a whiner, and he's too good to be whining. JR, go. Okay, um, I'm going to stick in the world of hockey with you, Webb. My last pick is Sean Avery. Nice. I here's why I picked good Sean pick. Avery. Good third pick. round, great um, value. Because literally, you won't get a chance to talk because Sean Avery's going to talk about himself the entire time. You'll literally try to say something, and he's going to tell you he's the greatest actor, whatever pot, whatever he does. I don't know, but I tried to listen to his podcast for a while, and I just had to tap out. I was like, I'm out. I heard him on other ones. I know. I'm like, I got to get away from this guy because you don't get a chance to actually talk because all he's going to do is tell you how awesome he is. So you're literally going to drink 35 beers because all you're going to do is drink beer because he's going to talk to you the whole time. Jamer. All right. I like those picks. Those are great picks, guys. I'm going with uh, Eugene Melnick. I'm cleaning up with him. Oh, I hate this guy. Oh, Solid pick. I would love <laughs> he, was, he was on my list. Oh, that's oh. off my board. Web, I, Web, I'm doing this for you. Kid. Thank you. Thank I'm doing you. this for you. You and me and all Sens fans everywhere. Yeah. I, literally, I want to. I want them to open up Minglewoods again in Ottawa. <laughs> I'd love if they opened up Minglewoods in Ottawa. I want to. I want to drag this guy out from the third floor. Take him downstairs and curb stomp him on. Oh. <laughs> I hate him. I hate him. I'm not even a. I'm not even a sense fan. I should. I should be loving the fact that this guy owns your team because I'm a Leaf fan. But I hate him. He's just a piece of garbage. <laughs> he butchered a good team. He, he is. A, I just hate people like that. He's a flaming bag of dog shit. Is what he is. You know what I mean? Wow. Like he. Oh God! I just stay out of sports. Yeah. For Stay sure. completely out of sports. You know the one good thing that came out of your thing, though, was Menglewoods. That was a great bar. <laughs> oh, fantastic bar. Yeah. We had a good night there. We right? had a good night in we had, we, The Rangers were on the road. We were there one night with JR and a couple of buddies, and uh, the Rangers were on the road. We got to uh, touch knucks with Messier. Friend our, of the pod. Yeah. Yeah. Our buddy punched uh, Barnaby in the shoulder. We messed and, up Kelly Rudy's hair that night coming out of the washroom. And we bumped a shirt off of Mike uh, Dunham. Mike Dunham bumped a shirt off cool us. Thing. Yep. Boys, are there any other people in the movie, uh, the Karate Kid, that uh, you want to touch on? Any any extra like actors I, we haven't? Touched I had on? one quick one. Was yep. when they first arrived to the hotel or the hotel. I'm sorry, the apartment building. Um, when they're home, they're walking by the bad pool. Uh, the old lady that was sitting there is Adam Sandler's grandma from Happy yes! Gilmore. Fantastic yes. pickup. And pick up. I heard her going on and on. I was like, "That's Adam Sandler's grandma." I could tell by the eyes. That's who I had. 
Not the Mista Mista lady. <laughs> <laughs> the one, the only two that stood out for me, there was one, uh, and only because of his sweet, sweet hairdo. There was a referee in the karate <laughs> tournament, this big black dude. And he was, uh, what's your expression, Jamer? Does describe your, your hairline? Like, we got, we got 350 to center and 420 <laughs> in the gap. There you go. So he had, uh, he just had 420 all the way around the, the, uh, the outfield. He was pretty, but he it was, was ground. Yeah. He, he was, it was looking like a horseshoe, let's call it. Uh, hilarious hairlines. So him and then, uh, the, the guy from, I can't remember the name of the dojo, but, uh, the, the guy, I think he's Filipino. He looks Filipino. He guy, the guy that gets into the semifinal fight. Oh, he was like, I don't ass. understand how he didn't win because he was the only one that looked like he could that actually could fight. That guy was legit. Um, so, you know, yeah. he, I actually he have a note fantastic. about him later. He, and he was like super athletic. Mm-hmm. Big time. Anybody have anybody else I want to touch on? No, no, I don't. All right, let's get into some uh, quotes. Are there any quotes that stick out for you that you want to I have about? a quote that my dad always said from back in the 80s to the 90s to today is still the Mr. Miyagi quote best block, no be there. My that's a great would, quote. He would yeah, like yeah. come up and like punch me, and you know, as a kid, and he'd give you a shot, and he'd just go, "Best block, no be there." And then he'd <laughs> hit you in the ribs, and you're like, "Oh, I told you, best block, no be there." Um, I love the Cobra Kai mantra: "Strike hard, strike fast, no mercy." Oh yeah, said that on the last pod. End it. It's always a pretty good one. I'm not gonna lie. To yeah, it. Web. Uh, one that kind of like made me chuckle going back and watching it as an adult. I don't know why. Uh, they're in the uh, the apartment there. Daniel and his mom. She's like, are you high? And he goes, yeah, I'm high on Minute Maid. I don't know why it made me laugh, but it, I laughed out loud probably <laughs> way louder than I should have. They should have uh, had Sunny D. Yeah, like, I don't know. I so saw that one was pretty funny. And then, you know, there's always the, cl- the wax on, the wax off, like the... Uh, when Miyagi tips him in the canoe and he's laughing now he's wet behind the ears like yeah. it's just such a bad dad joke yeah. you, you can't help but laugh he's your grandpa in yeah, the 1980s exactly. <laughs> one of my one of my favorite ones is uh, hey Daniel or where Daniel says hey what kind of belt do you have Miyagi canvas JC Penny 398 you like <laughs> and Daniel's like no I meant in Okinawa belt me no need rope to hold up pants like that is such a cool line because it's like for, this is another thing about Miyagi and about the life lessons. It's not about status. It's not about, you know, taking mm-hmm. a hockey reference, how many letters you have on your jacket. It's a, it's about the, la- it's about like the value you're getting out of what you're doing, the process. Yeah, it's the process. It's right? Exactly. It's it. all about the process, not about the result. So anyway, so yep. not to get all like sentimental with that, that, that one, but yeah, that one always sticks with me. Miyagi has a lot of the ones. This one always, this one always sticks with me too. Is uh, no such thing as bad student, only bad teacher. Teacher say, student do. You know that was always a big one too. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, he's a he's a walking soundbite. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, he Pat Morita was uh, nominated for an Academy Award for this role. So I thought that it makes sense. He, he did a he hell of you a think job. Back he all did the, great. All the quotable lines, like when, I mean, this movie is great for us for the nostalgia alone, but like all yes. the quotable lines anybody talks about, they're all his. Absolutely. Hell, He's hell the anchor in this yeah, movie. For sure. Any other ones stand out for you guys? Uh, no. Those no, are the ones I had. And you said no. the other ones. Let's move on to little known facts. So Martin Cove, who played John Kreese, has a black belt in all of the following martial arts. Kendo, Okinawa Te, and Tiger Kenpo. That's pretty legit. Cool. He knows his so shit. He will legitimately mess you up. Yeah, yeah. he will. He'll, that's, that takes a lot of work. So, pretty cool. Ralph Macchio. This is pretty cool. How old do you guys think he was? Seventeen. Yeah, I was gonna say he's just coming off the Outsiders, so I'm gonna go at best twenty. Twenty-two. What? 
22. He with was arms like that at 22. Yeah. yeah. Oh, arms. Come like, on. You got mix, arms like buggy whips. Mixing an In-N-Out burger every yeah. once in a while there, he macho. Eat some food. He's got arms like buggy whips. <laughs> <laughs> Grab a dumbbell. Grab a 25 and start curling that thing, man. Holy My cow. gosh. The classic yellow automobile that Daniel polishes in the famous wax on, wax off uh, training scene then later offered by Mr. Miyagi as Daniel's birthday gift, was actually given to Ralph Macchio by the producer, and he still owns it today. The car is a 1948 Ford Super Deluxe. Nice. Pretty Absolutely sweet. Absolutely, he owns oh, that today. That that's is amazing. amazing. That is okay, a great I, car. I gotta, it's Macchio, right? Did I mess it up? I think so. Macchio? I think I called him Macchio. I think I called him Macchio early, but I call him Macchio. I'm yeah, sure he's I'm been called sure Macchio before, too. But I'm pretty sure it's Macchio. Only reason Macchio. I know Macchio? this for 100% is because he was recently on the uh, Entourage podcast. Makes sense. And they, they talked about it. Macchio. Oh, I'll make sense. sure. That's what I do. Just <laughs> <laughs> being an asshole over here. <laughs> um, actually, it's technically Sorry, I always butcher the names. Uh, the studio wanted to drop the drunk Miyagi scene, feeling it slowed the pace of the movie down. Director John G. Alvidson, drop the G, John. Anyway, Pretend. argued for it and has felt that it was a scene that got Pat Morita nominated for an Oscar. I like that scene. It showed humanity to Mr. 100%. Miyagi. 100%. It's and the only real storyline of the movie. Yeah. Like, real character storyline. And, and I think this really rounds his character out. Yep. And he's like, one of the best characters around that you can find in a movie. So William Zabka still owns the red leather jacket he wears in the film. Of course he does. Good for him. Of course he does. I'd be rocking it for sure. 100%. Yep. And a headband. Yep. He also didn't have any martial arts experience, which you kind of mentioned earlier, but he was an accomplished wrestler. So you said, JR, you thought he was a good athlete. He was. I, I thought he was a good athlete. Yep. I just yep. think he was hey, a he good, looks, good like, He looks fighter. pretty built in this movie. Like, yeah. He's got a good shape. He's yeah. got a nice, lean, strong body. Yep. I mean, he's standing next to the rake there. I was going to so say. It's like, kind of hard not to yeah, look that's, good. But. Come on. Yeah. He's, he's well put together. He's actually two years younger than uh, Ralph Macchio. He was 20. He was nice. 20? Okay. He looked way older. Yeah, he did, actually. Well, just no, not, not not like way older, but he looked, he just looked like a more put together yeah. guy. Totally. Pretty handsome dude. So... This is pretty cool. I love when this stuff pops out. But William Zabka, Ralph Macchio, and Martin Cove are all really tight and good friends in real life. I believe it. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah, he talked about that on the one podcast I was yeah. listening to, Macho. He, and that's the reason why they got Cobra Kai going, right? If you watch Cobra Kai, you can tell their buddies. I haven't watched it. I've got to start it it's, now, though. Yeah, I, haven't I mean, either. you take it for what it is. If you watch Karate Kid first, it'd be good to watch it first because they yeah. flash back a lot. Yeah. But you can tell in some scenes that they're friends. Cool. The chemistry between them all is very good. So in the opening scene, the kids chasing the car down the street, waving goodbye, are all from the actual neighborhood that they were in, which was in New Jersey. They were all hanging around the set interfering with the shoot. The director offered to put them in the movie if they would just leave the crew alone. <laughs> That's, That's amazing. Awesome. Those kids are hustling. I love it. Hey? I love yeah. it. Can you imagine? That's you're in a awesome. classic movie. I love yeah. it. Yeah, you made it. Just because you're being a prick. And yeah. then they're like, yeah, you know, how old would they be today? And they can be like, that was me, right? There. Residuals. They're getting residuals. For sure they are. Jerry Weintraub, didn't, who was the producer, didn't want Pat Morita to audition for Miyagi because he didn't think a comedian would be taken seriously in the role. But Marita auditioned and Weintraub was impressed. That's the thing. Like, Pat Marita is hilarious. I don't know if you guys have seen his stand-up. He's priceless. He's so funny. I've seen him in MASH. My dad was a big MASH fan, and he was in, used to be in episodes of MASH. He was pretty funny in that show. He doesn't yeah. have an accent, right? No. No, no, no. That, was, uh, that was my next point. He actually yeah. doesn't have an accent. He modeled a speech after an uncle that he had That's for crazy. this movie. Yeah. yeah, I believe it. 
because I can't remember. I think it was Sam was his name in MASH. I forget. My dad just always watched it. And was Did, always big have you guys watched Honeymoon in Vegas? With, uh, yeah, but I haven't seen that in years. That's yeah. Nick is that the Chevy Cage and... Chevy no, Chase? it's... Uh, is, that, is that the Elvis uh, one Nicholas where they parachute Cage. in? Yeah, Nicholas Nick Cage. Cage and, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I know the movie. And uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. Yes. Good and you in yes. that one. She's pretty good in that one. Yeah. She's very and, J- and James Conn. He was in that yeah, one, Jimmy too. Jimmy Conn, yeah. I remember but Pat Morita plays like the cab driver when he gets there. He's mm-hmm. on the take, you know. Like, but he has like he's using like the Mr. Miyagi accent. He's playing, playing it up he's in there. The but token he's Asian. He's hilarious though in that one. Mm-hmm. Like he, that's like super Pat Morita comedy guy nice. in that one. I like that. Um, according to the commentary track on the home video versions of the movie, William Zabka came up with a loose backstory for to Johnny Lawrence character in order to get really kind of get the feel for playing the character. He states that in the commentary that he envisioned Johnny having a no father and that Crease is the closest thing to a father figure that he had in his life. That, that makes sense. That's pretty do it see Yeah. That kind of touches on what we mentioned earlier. Mm. Uh, Columbia Pictures was owned by Coca-Cola, which insisted that its products appear on screen. Ralph Macchio objected to that, especially after after having to say Minute Maid in the breakfast scene. In Miyagi's workshop, he deliberately covers the Sprite logo with his hands so so they made him redo the scene. This time, Macchio showed the Sprite logo for the shortest time he could get away with. Like, why do you care? I'd love to be sponsored by Coca-Cola. Why do you even care? (laughs) I'd take a Coca-Cola sponsorship. Like, that just shows me, like, it's like, hey, buddy, there's a reason people are kicking your ass this movie. You're yeah. a prick. You're being a little bit of a snot-nosed prick. Yeah. Yeah, what does it really matter to you at this point? Who gives They're a probably sh- giving you a ton of money to make the movie. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, hey, The producers must have been like, kid, we need the money. Do you want to make money? Yeah. We need the money. We need Watch these sponsors this. in order to get the budget we need to, to get this thing to production. Like, mm-hmm. get out of the way. Like, I know you're 22, but you look like you're 12. Drink so. some Minute Maid, have a Sprite, and you'll be yeah. all right. Yeah. Have a Coke and a smile. 25. Yeah, and <laughs> grab a dumbbell. Yeah. <laughs> So according to Joe Esposito, you're the best around, was originally written for Rocky Three, which explains the lyric, history repeats itself. The song had been rejected in favor of Survivor's Eye of the Tiger. I'm glad that happened because Eye of the Tiger is perfect for Rocky Three. Yeah. Like that's something we quote a lot. Yes, like, it is. Hey, you know, you know when you're talking about a guy, he's like, he's got the eye of the tiger, yeah. and that's because of that movie, right? And you know what he's talking about? Get the yeah. eye, and getting the eye back, getting yeah. the eye back, tiger eyes. Yeah, yeah. the eye of the tiger going. This one disappointed me. So Kyle Leastwood auditioned for the role of Daniel Larusso. When he failed to get the part, his father Clint Eastwood banned all Coca-Cola products from the sets of his movies. Columbia Studios was owned by Coca-Cola at the time. Kind of a loser move. Yeah, and I love Clint, man. That's that's a like tough that. one. That's one of those ones I think you might act out. That's of helicopter dad. Yeah, you're well, acting quickly. That's, that's just an overreaction. Let you, let your kids uh, succeed and fail on their own. You don't need you going. Yeah, I'm gonna ban these things now. Like that's just brutal. Anyway, Martin Cove, who played the John Kreese character, was rumored to have replaced Chuck Norris, who allegedly turned the role of Kreese down because he didn't want karate trainers to be shown in an unsympathetic light. I get that. Yeah. I do. Totally. Because Chuck I mean, Norris is legit. Like, well, he's a legit, like, world-known martial artist. And he's he ends up kind of playing that uh, positive karate role model mm. in, in that Sidekicks movie, right? Yeah, with Jonathan Brandis. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Chuck Norris represents everything that's right with karate. You yeah. talking about a handsome kid in the 90s? Jonathan oh, Brandis? He was yeah, absolutely. Basement. Jonathan Taylor Thomas in the in the uh, Tiger Beat. They Ooh, were getting JTT? Everything. A little JTT. Ooh, yeah. Oh, a little Devin Sawa. 
Devin Solo. Oh, Devin Solo is Throw that in it. there for the, uh, for the Mrs. Webster. Absolutely. I wanted to get an undercut so bad because of those kids, those two guys. <laughs> just I, wasn't going to work. Serious I had a Chelsea. Oh, Remember nice. Chelsea? Yeah. Did you rock some Doc it, Martens too? I did. And some plaid. I did. And, and you know what I used to rock back in the day, which was cool back then? Turtleneck with a t-shirt on top. Nothing wrong with that. Hey-oh. Nothing wrong with that. Underneath your starter jacket. The Alexi Yashin? Except I was the smallest kid in class. Had a Kovalev? I didn't have the swag back then. It didn't work. JR was like the size he is now when he was in grade six. I was the same size as I was now in grade seven, so life was easy at that point. He was shaving in grade six. Prick. That's right. Grow beard. Mixing in a 25. Webb came out of the womb with that hairline. That's right. Webb had a beard at four. Lego hair, baby. Bastard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this one, Charlie Sheen turned down the role. Why does he keep popping up in I, all our stuff? I, as soon as you said Charlie Sheen, I'm like, of course his name came up. Of course. Oh, no, he can't do no. this. He's way too, too cool. cool. Yeah. Can you imagine it's if he was believable. the karate kid after doing it? What believable is Cobra Kai? Yes. Yeah. In 1984, Charlie Sheen was crushing 30 year old prostitutes. It's just not. He's not going to pull off Daniel Larusso. No. 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 Not happening. Here's another one. Sean Penn was offered the role, but no he turned way. it down because he was looking to land more adult roles. Wow, that makes sense. He was probably worried about getting typecast. He was probably him. crushing Madonna at this time. Well, and like Fast Times, like that, yeah. you know. He can't be that either. No, no. No, I agree with that. So this goes back to your comment, Webb. Tournament semifinalist Daryl Vidal. So that was the, the kid that was dominating in the yeah. tournament. Had a lot more involvement in the film than as originally thought. Um, it was Daryl who actually came up with the crane technique, and he can be seen doubling as Pat Morita when he's practicing the move on the wooden stumps on the beach scene. He also helped out with much of the choreography, including his own fight scenes. Daryl still runs his own martial arts school to this day. Nice. For him. Yeah, that guy was legit. Absolutely. For sure. Former screenwriter Dennis Palumbo, this is really funny has said that he was offered the screenwriting job for the film, but reacted to the offer by saying he'd be willing to do it if Daniel LaRusso lost the fight at the end. Palumbo explained his reasoning. You can't have Mr. Miyagi tell him, it doesn't matter if you win or lose for 90 minutes, then have him win. Palumbo went on to say, they made three sequels to the movie, they cleared $100 million at the box office, so obviously I was wrong. <laughs> but I like his reasoning, though. Like, yep. Hey, he was telling him all movie long. It doesn't matter if you win or lose. Yeah. Like, Daniel's bike is a Mongoose 2-4. It became a popular brand. This is this touches home with me because of my, <laughs> my BMX uh The only session. person here who's going to care about the bike is Jamie. Oh, that's the first thing I picked. Even when I was a kid, I saw his bike and I was like, <laughs> I want that bike. You know what I mean? Like, and no, you're push starting your car. How the hell do you afford that bike? Yeah. How did it not fall off the car on the top of the car <laughs> the whole drive from New Jersey to California? What locked that yeah, thing down? What did they have? Like a, a couple of bungee cords oh or what? I don't word. know. So Johnny's dirt bike is a Honda XL 600R. Yeah. Pretty legit. dirt bike. Well Skids done. rejoice. Oh, yeah. Uh, Johnny drives a ninth. Here's for you, JR. I know you like to get primed up and bonerific for the cars johnny drives a 1982 avanti 2 convertible prototype oh that car was unreal <laughs> it was sick Pop in an alley unreal alley alley you're missing yeah. the boat on that one yeah. Yeah, let's be honest alley in high school i don't care how bad the fight was she's rolling around in the push start station wagon with johnny's mom and then johnny pulls up in that thing see ya daniel i'm on i'm going in this yeah. thing he gone 
On How I Met Your Mother, Barney insists that Johnny is the real Karate Kid and his personal hero. A real-life fan theory suggests that Daniel is the real bully, while Johnny is actually the real Karate Kid. The argument includes the fact that Johnny only uses his skills for defense or de-escalation, while Daniel is always the attacker or the aggressor. It also suggests that Daniel wanted to learn karate not just to compete with Johnny, but to take revenge. There is also a pretty good video on YouTube, actually, that I just watched where J. Matthew Turner breaks kind of he kind of breaks down this theory. Mm-hmm. I remember watching that video on YouTube, and I watched it again. I probably saw it at least a hundred times, and watched it about a hundred times because I was just blown away by how spot on it was. It was, yeah. and it, it, it took me everything earlier not to like bring up this guy's ideas as as my own because they are he he kills it. This J. Matthew Turner, well yeah. done. He does take things a little bit out of context. You know yes. what I mean? Like, there they, he does omit a few things that Johnny does or his pals do. Like, they don't show a few of the scenes where they're really like picking on Daniel. Like, they totally pick on him in a couple things where they push. Or they like push him down the hill. Yeah. in the dark and the that's his a, bike. That's messed. That's up. a that's pretty. pretty bad. Yeah, that's that's, a bad that's pretty messed up. The they one set one, him up at soccer. Him yeah. having his soccer. Like, temper tantrum, trying to throw that bike in the dumpster is also pretty funny. Lift a twenty-five. He can barely the, lift but, the mongoose. Okay, is I that almost, not the I almost of... turned it off there. I'm like, you aren't gonna throw a two-four mongoose in. The... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm out. Is Daniel not the kind of kid though that you'd get going on purpose back to your kids? You're like, watch this, watch this. Yeah, so far. You didn't do your homework tonight, Jared? Oh, that's all right. I'll like get he snaps. thrown out. Hey, Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he snaps in like two seconds. Of course you're going to pick up. Extras were so caught up in the tournament scene that they would boo William Zabka even when the cameras were not rolling. Zabka's <laughs> oh, mother... Wow. Zabka's mother was in the crowd and kept trying to tell people that he was actually a very nice kid. All I kid. can think of is Milhouse. My mom thinks I'm cool. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. <laughs> Since the release of the film, Elizabeth Shue has admitted that she didn't think much of Ralph Macchio playing a martial artist. (laughs) (laughs) Of course not. No, you're not wrong there, Liz. No. She's funny, though. I read another uh, interview with her about another, like, one of, like, about a movie that's one of my faves back in the 80s. Cocktail. Love Cocktail. That's a great movie. Um, So she said about Cocktail, because she was in in that movie, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, She said, if I had known the movie was going to be about a couple of guys just chucking balls around, I don't think I would have done it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. She doesn't mind the money from it. No. So the football jersey that Daniel is wearing while talking to Mr. Miyagi uh, is an 89 San Diego Chargers jersey, which in 1984 would have been wide receiver Wes Chandler. Let's get into our realism review. Was the movie realistic and did it do justice to the sport? I'll start out. I I had some stuff down. I you know the realism. I guess moving out west to seek work. That's always one of those things. You know, out west back in the day to try to push. Uh, Daniel being super angry to leave home. That's pretty normal at these ages. You you want out. Running into conflict. You know we've talked about already. Webb was like you know he's running into conflict. He's getting in trouble. He's a hothead. He fits some New Jersey stereotypes. Some of the karate stuff, you know, it'll work. It'll get him stronger in two months or whatever to get him ready for an elite level karate tournament. I start to wonder, I'm like, can this happen this quick? And the transformation happened that fast to be like, okay, to go from a zero to a hero and then to take on like somebody from what appears to be an elite dojo to say, okay, you're going to take on, you know, the best person in the valley for karate. I had that. I had that as my main one because those guys, I don't know if you noticed it when they went in the dojo. All of them, except for one kid, were black belts. Yeah. One kid was a brown belt. So you're literally going from knowing nothing with buggy whip arms, 
about karate? No, he knows something. He learned it in the book from the, the YMCA. YMCA. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. He had that really good book, a comprehensive book. Yeah. Um, that had pictures in it. Yeah. So he went from that to basically a black belt level. Yeah. In what two months? Two months from the. Well, That's I, what I, I gathered. It was about I was going to say that was you know from my whole two months in Super Kids Karate where we teach kids how to fly, <laughs> and I got to my yellow belt. You didn't go to uh, Talix? No, I I was all about the Super Kids. I would say that there was a there was all a whole lot of uh, some questionable karate stuff in this movie. Even uh, you know, I'm not an expert, obviously, but uh, there was some stuff in here that I thought was a little off. That that being the big one, that there's no way in hell this kid's going to go into a tournament and fight kids of this caliber. He's going to get his head kicked in. I, the, a lot of the stuff that I had in terms of like questionable stuff came from the actual tournament fighting itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the final fight alone between Johnny and Daniel, there's a lot of stuff. I just I was I rewatched it at least two times today, just trying to to pick up, and make sure I didn't miss anything. So Johnny knocks him down for what looks like a point, and the fight continues. The next scene, Daniel scores a point, and he's knocked him down. And I'm like, why didn't the ref stop the fight when he knocked him down? So there was that. Um, Johnny gives him a punch in the face, right, and is awarded no points. Yeah. And then he gets an illegal, or then he hits him with the knee punch and gets an illegal, or a warning, whatever. Daniel Crane kicks him to the face. Illegal. Illegal. I'm like, how do you win? Maybe you're allowed to kick to the face, not punch to the face? Maybe. I'm just throwing that out. Why would you be allowed to kick and not punch? I think you're not allowed to kick to the face. I looked it up. You can't kick. That's He finished the fight on an illegal maneuver. Okay. So, like... And then, like, the whole, like, you're really not that bad of a guy and giving him the trophy. That ain't happening. I'm sorry. When there's a girl involved in high school, that doesn't end until you're in university and you're like, I'm kind of smart now. I don't give a shit. That girl jumped me the day I left. I got some other girl. Yeah. Yeah. You're not dropping that. Yeah. You're not that forgiving after you get it. Yeah. I mean, the, the, I guess, like you said, JR, the realism stuff kind of is like the real life stuff of like yeah moving there he's going to be an angry kid because he doesn't have like a father figure around mm-hmm. um the fact that there's there's like this like grandpa figure who like sees like he's a friend of the family who's trying to do right by him and trying to help yeah. him out that way that part i kind of found realistic there's the the, the coming class, of age stuff yeah there's the class piece right with the rich and the poor yes. like there, that stuff's realistic and I had that, note that too, adds yeah. that adds you know some some depth to the movie but mm-hmm. like yeah there's I mean, the the actual karate stuff, again, I'm not an expert, but it seemed a little out there for me. They did have a techni- couple technical experts on it. Mm-hmm. So I think some of the scenes were, you know, probably okay. It's probably good enough, you know. But I, I just, I was with you, Webb, that last fight. I was like, okay, Johnny should have won this, like, way earlier. Another thing I wondered was, like, is karate that big of an event? Where that many people come watch? That's another yeah, thing. Well, right? it's California. Like in the valley, do people take like their a, karate that well, serious? I would. I would say this. I will say this because my daughter did dance for a while. Yep. When you get in an auditorium like that, the people pack it out and they think it's the Stanley Cup Finals. Like I, I spent the whole time watching parents. Yeah. They went okay. nuts. They were going banana. Like, there's like domestics going on in the stands. There's parents yelling at people. Like it's just a gong show. Oh boy. And okay. and I'm like, okay, this is like dance for like ten year olds. Like chill out. I will say, like, I could believe it because it, you get enough parents and family members and whoever. Like, you get pride competition. Like, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Okay. Like, these are just friends and family in the stands, right? There's a ton of kids in there, so they're all mad that their kids aren't playing some real sport there. Yeah, so they're just letting it out. 
<laughs> I also had something about for the fighting, like the amount of pending assault charges. Oh my god, yes. Miyagi. Miyagi yeah. Miyagi's, <laughs> Miyagi's, kids. Getting, Miyagi's getting 20 years for... It's like, there's gotta be assault charges somewhere. And then actually the remake where they had uh, Jackie Chan and Will Smith's kid. Yeah. They make a point of like the kids are attacking Jackie Chan. He's dodging them but using their bodies to hit the other kids. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like he's not actually physically hitting any of the kids. Yeah. They're hitting each other, and he's like dodging them and making them hit the other kid. Because Miyagi just dusted them. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So bad. Miyagi's just like working them all. Getting their tits waxed. Johnny's got black eyes, and (laughs) Dutch is mangled, and you're like, yeah, you ran into a buzzsaw. Yeah. Yeah. Old man strength. I had to know old man strength on 100. I did want to mention something about uh, Daniel sanding the decks with those like bongo drum things. Oh, yeah. Like, you're not going to sand all those decks to the extent that he did. Like, when they showed at the end, like, there was a ton of sawdust. He worked those decks pretty good. That's not happening with those two little things. I <laughs> uh, no. Like, beat it. And the other thing I had is, how the hell does Miyagi have all those sick vintage cars? Like, there's, he's into something else. He's That's not what just, I mean. he's not a maintenance guy. I think Maybe he might he owns be. properties. Maybe I think those bonsai trees are budding in the right way. And he's, Maybe he's got an old Johnny a discount. I'm on the You're same track. I'm on the same track as you, Webb. I think he's running a little bit of H out of Long Beach. Yeah. Yeah. He's got some Yakuza hookups yeah. in Okinawa. Maybe. <laughs> Let's jump soundtrack. into our soundtrack. So his music uh, was done by composer Bill Conti, who is actually really well known for Rocky. He also did the American Gladiators. TV show, which I loved. That was one of my favorite things as a kid. I would cry if I missed an episode. Uh, he also did Rookie of the Year. He did a lot of the Academy Awards shows, too. Like He he, did, he was a music composer for the Academy Awards, which nice. is kind of a neat thing to be able to do. He did win an Academy Award for Best Original Score for The Right Stuff. He had classic 80s ballads of Survivor, Bananarama, Joe Esposito throughout this movie. So what are your thoughts, boys, on this, this soundtrack? I thought it was just a great 80s soundtrack. I'd like the old, uh, was it Cruel Summer? I was like, that song. Jamers Get Psyched Mix. Cruel Summer. I love that song. I do love that song. Um, Joe Esposito, I already talked about him. Little Survivor on there. I thought for just a casual movie, or sorry, casual music person, I thought it was just a cool 80s music that you could listen to. It seemed to fit to me. And that's kind of all I have to say about it. It just did its job, and it had some just classic 80s sounds, Web. Yeah, I don't have a ton on this one either, to be quite honest with you. A lot of nostalgia in a lot of these songs. It's like when you think of this movie, you think of the 80s, and this is a perfect soundtrack for it. It was well, the songs were well placed, right? Like it had that uh, that California vibe when they're on the beach. Um, the cool thing about it that I, I looked up because I didn't realize was uh, one of my favorite bands. They they were kind of like a uh, indie band when I was in in university, but they'd been around for a ton of time at that point. It was a uh, band called Gang of Four, uh, and they'd been around forever. And they did a, a track on here, and it was not something I would have expected them to to sound like at all, given that their their most recent incarnation sounds nothing like this. So mm-hmm. it's kind of cool. Uh, let's get into our movie wrap-up. Where does this movie rank among all-time martial arts movies? This is a new one for us. And where does it rank among all-time sports movies? Martial arts movies. I got to put it in the top five because it's just for nostalgia for me. I have to. I literally have to. I know you guys don't like it. I have to because it's The Karate Kid. You cannot say a martial arts movie and you can't put Karate Kid You're right. there somewhere. You're right. The name Karate Kid has to be somewhere in there. There's better, sure. But I got to put it it's not in a bad that. movie. I got to put it in that top five. Sports movies... It's not in the top 20. No. 
I can't put it in there with a bunch of other ones. But as far as martial arts goes, yeah, to me, it's in my time the OG of martial arts movies. There's better, but it just it has to be there. Web. We talked about this before the pod. Jamer and I were talking about like, do you consider this really a martial arts movie? And then like, what do you consider martial arts movies? Are like the Bruce Lee, you know? Uh, I think you do weird. What do we call those subtitled or mm-hmm. uh, in North America? Does Karate Kid increase our interest in martial arts? Well, movies? I'm going to say yeah. it, it's important. I think a lot of kids signed up for Karate. After it's important movie. more so culturally than any of yeah. than a lot of those movies, other than maybe some of the Bruce Lee movies. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So, I mean, it'll be. I guess it's high for me in that respect, but like I don't know, I can't, I don't, I don't know if I have a ranking for martial arts movies. No, I know. You know what? Actually, actually, giving it thought, like if we're gonna think about what we're doing moving forward with including stuff in sports as far as martial arts, I think we should draw a line where it's not about an event. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I mentioned Double Impact earlier and Hard Target. Yeah. Maybe we don't include those. Okay, so there has to be some kind of competition. Based. Yes. Okay. Yes. So then this it, one, uh, this one does. Yeah. Um, and there's one. Remember a Van Damme movie called The Quest? Yeah. So that one has yeah. a competition. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kickboxer has a competition. Yeah, Bloodsport sure. has a competition. Yeah, yeah, okay. So we'll include those ones. Okay. American Ninja. You have to have a martial arts competition. Well, we talked about that Chuck Norris one earlier. Sidekicks. That's a whole martial arts. Yes. Hundred percent. Um, okay. If we're considering that, then I'll go. Uh, I'll say it's in the top five. It's not my top. I, this is one of those ones where there's a few movies for me where I think the sequel is better than the original. I, I actually like the sequel better than this one. Terminator 2 would be another one for me. Like, the Okinawa one where they go. That's yeah. two, right? Yeah. That's, that's a jump technique. Yeah. That's a great movie. Ah, yeah. That's a very good it's one. It's better to me than this one. So I would say, uh, yeah, I can't go. I, I, I don't think I can put it in my top five. I'd say it's if it we're going martial arts movies based on our criteria, it's going to go somewhere maybe in the top ten. Yep. All time, I it won't even make my top hundred of sports movies. Yep. No, it, it's funny. Somebody said uh, first of all, I'll just mention. Yeah, it's in my top ten. It's not my top five. It's in my top. There's some really good, like I got Bloodsport, I got Kickboxer, I got. There's a bunch that fall into my top ten. Yeah. But this one won't. Um, but. When you talk about sports, somebody said to me, actually, they mentioned it to me today. Hey, I love your podcast. You guys are doing awesome. But have you guys not considered like branching into other things? Because you're going to run out of sports movies. I go, buddy, do you know how many sports movies are out there? Like there's there's like hundreds and hundreds of sports movies. Yeah, there's there's tons of them. Like we're not going to run out. Like mm. our wives are going to be like, or shut us down before that ever happens. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know I mean, there is like, going to hit. There's going to be a. There like, is going to be a point. To his point, there is going to be. A, there is going to come a point where there's some of them we're just going to be having a hard time to have real conversation. But like, I don't a, know. We had a colleague today ask us if we we're going to do Little Giants, and like, yeah. just the thought of doing that movie is making me cringe right now because <laughs> it's so. It's gonna be, uh, it'll be a lot of fun, but at the same time, yeah, like we'll have a couple some, more drafts or something. Yeah, right? we'll yeah. have to do something. Shout out to JJ Reddick. Thank you for letting. Oh, oh yeah. we, we just totally stole your draft idea on that idea. Or, Thank you. Or, or, yeah, we just. Yeah, totally I love stole the. That. I love the old. Shout man out the to three. the old man in the three. Great pod. But yeah, I don't know. Sorry, James. No, no, you're right. Um, no, it's fun. I mean, we love what we're doing right now. This is, this is a blast. All right. Thanks again, everybody, for listening and engaging with us on social. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a review. Uh, and please continue to engage with us on Twitter, at Big League Flicks, and on Instagram, at Big League Flicks Pod. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week.
See you, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Big League Flicks, Jordan, Christian, and Jammer talking movies about sports and the glitz and the glamour. Got a cold beer pairing for the leading lady staring. Fun facts and trivia and man rocket comparing. Soundtracks and music, they'll rate all these things. Was it real or did they lose us as the fat lady sings? Talking junk, have a giggle, comedy, drama, romance. Did the film deliver six to noon in my pants? With their big bag of tricks, these podcast critics. Jordan Christian and Jammer with Big League Flicks. Jordan Christian and Jammer with Big League Flicks. Jordan Christian and Jammer!